questions about yesterday's animation animations. Saturday morning cartoon fair. Days past to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nickelodeon. Thundercats. Ghostbusters. Transformers. DuckTales. Days. Days. Days past to That's not a particularly deep show. So you will like us. Welcome to the Days Past Tooncast. My name is Will. My name is Travis. And on this podcast, we have adult conversations about yesterday's animations. We are returning today to one of the the tentpole cartoons. Yes. I don't care how long cartoons last. This will always be important. This cartoon. <laughs> Top notch. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about G.I. Joe, a real American hero. The only one. Astronauts. Get the fuck out of here. This is G.I. Joe. These are real American heroes. This is a parade of accents and costumes and gimmicks. Somebody's a ninja. Somebody's going to fly in on mechanical pterodactyl wings. And they're all soldiers, so you have to respect them. You have to thank them for their service. Even got parrots. There's even parrots. There's a sailor. There is just a sailor man with a parrot, like Uh a real-life Popeye. That's one of the members of this, this elite team. It's a real quick refresher course for anyone who, because it's a name that you know. Yeah. And you, you'll call. You definitely know it. Yeah. Yep. But what is it about? Real quick. I can tell you. Yeah. Cobra Commander is a terrorist leader mm-hmm. who runs a terrorist organization and he attacks the world at large and usually is stopped by the government paid weirdo jocks. The G.I. Joes. It is. I've been watching Freaks and Geeks. I'd never watched it before. <laughs> weirdo jocks. They're like the it. freaks. And then these the G.I. Joes are not the geeks. They're yeah. just really like, there's no difference between the two sides except for the insignia that they have. The logo <laughs> is it. You're right. We came back specifically for an episode that focuses on a subject that I believe, Travis, is near and dear to both of us. Oh, yes, sir, it is. Yes. That, that's correct. And that subject would be... Heavy metal music. Yes. Everybody loves it, except for those that don't take it seriously. <laughs> some some cherish it. Some Yeah, some people, you know what? There are people that will die for it. There are people that have died for it. Yes, there are they people are. that walk around with a Slayer tattoo on their forehead. <laughs> and then there are people that think it is the silliest thing that only uh, cartoon people would ever listen to this music and that it's music that is... I, made on a lark uh-huh. as a joke, I guess. I don't I don't know what they think because I'm not one of those people. Right. I'm a heavy metal fan. Connoisseur. I do believe that you and I come at metal from slightly different places. Small, yeah. Yeah. D- small different angles. Yes. yes, sir. I am a bit of an old school guy. Mm-hmm. Old metal. Yep. And you are more of a new school new metal. guy with an NU <laughs> new metal, which at this point is OLD old uh, too, because uh-huh. it, it had its heyday in the late 90s and the early 2000s. <laughs> right. uh, we can still unify, even though this is old school meets new school. That's also old school. The, we can still relate. But I wanted to get on record some information about our, our heavy metal tastes before we get on with this episode. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Travis, what are your metal bands? Oh, my guys are going to be corn. Are you ready? Deftones. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, shit. Whoa. 
If I had to pick a, a threesome to, to go into war with, uh, it's those guys. Honestly, I was ready to make fun of your choices. You, you, uh, I can't. You I mean, can't. Def, Def Jones, I, I don't have as much of a history with or at all, but Reggie's the Machine, fuck yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. And with Corn, uh-huh. you know that's a band that I I only like their first album. Oof. you like their you like them in general. Their whole their whole catalog. Yeah, their, their oeuvre. whole catalog. Yes, the first album of theirs, which I still hold very is very near and dear. strong. Yes, yes, sir. I wasn't allowed to have albums with parental advisory stickers on them at the time, but I'd heard this and it just changed me internally. Uh, it, <laughs> you, it, you you literally morphed inside. I became darker and more extreme at the very first sound of Shoots and Ladders. Like you wore guyliner or wasn't or no. fishnets? Were you fishnetting? Oh man, no, neither one. Okay. I was just a, a guy with long hair and not even Jinko jeans, just baggyish jeans and a Led Zeppelin oh, shirt. Gotcha, but gotcha. I liked the heavy. And that album, since I wasn't allowed to buy it, I had my friend <laughs> dub it onto tape from his brother's CD copy. Uh-huh. And I would play drums to it at home when my parents weren't home. You're right. Yes. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> it was secret. It was a very secret because it was so dark. It was yeah. so dark compared to anything else I'd ever heard, which I, I dug. Yeah. I, dug, I like <laughs> darkness in my metal. I don't want it bright and shiny. I love it, man. <laughs> who, who are your metal guys? My metal guys. Yeah. The first metal band that I got into and owned anything from had to be Metallica. I guess this is true of any any metal band, but Metallica is definitely one of them that there's something to be ashamed of in every metal band as a fan. Like it's something that no matter my age, Uh there's something to be ashamed of because metal Metal comes from a place in all of us that is a teenager that is obsessed with darkness in a way that or madness or that is unhealthy. Yeah. Or, or sex or whatever it is that's unhealthy and unrealistic. Uh-huh. Not to put any of it down, because I think that doesn't mean it doesn't have value. I love it. But right. Metallica, you know, they, his voice, James Hetfield, is still pretty silly sometimes. And they have songs on their first album, Kill Em All, that are just about rocking and rolling. Uh-huh. That's all it's about. It's no life to leather. I can't stand up in court and swear to that. Like, that's that's silly to me. But the shame really isn't that different from the enjoyment that I get from watching a G.I. Joe cartoon. Uh-huh. Where it's like, yes, I know this is immature, that this is a over-violent, ridiculous thing. And if I try to explain to you why it's actually cool and important, I'm just going to dig myself in a hole. Completely. <laughs> I'll, I'll just keep digging until I'm on the other side of the universe. My it's one that I, it's so obvious, but Black Sabbath. I love Black Sabbath and they are prime examples of some of the most ridiculous, shameful lyrics. <laughs> I, I've ever heard yeah. <laughs> and ever read, and I love them for it. It is just like a B movie on paper. <laughs> but there are plenty of metal songs that I enjoy to whatever extent that are mostly humor to me. But that's the thing. It's just like watching G.I. Joe. It's like the very central idea of our show. <laughs> I can watch Thundercats and actually enjoy it and say, this is horse shit. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Who did this? I get why you make fun of this. Yes. And specifically, I'm going to lean on Rest in Power, Ronnie James Dio. <laughs> this is... This is the sound of Cobra. It is. No, it is. It is. It was cold. Lost my hold to the shadows of the night. 
it, it's over the top. It uh-huh. is just a child's idea of what an evil man's shouting music would be. <laughs> like again, to take it to the court. Like I could, if I was having to defend metal in court, this would be both my star witness and my biggest fear to show to the to the court. Uh-huh. Guys, I'm telling you, this is incredible. <laughs> This guy is amazing. He sounds like a supervillain. And that's also why you probably don't like it. Yep. And that's the same thing with G.I. Joe. Yeah, it's uh, it's action figures made to run around and scream at each other and fire lasers for hours at, on end. But that's why it's good. Heavy lasers. Heavy lasers, Heavy. baby. But why the hell are we talking about metal so much? We haven't proven that there's any reason for us to talk about metal on this G.I. Joe themed episode. You're right. We brought up nothing. We brought, we brought up, very, up nothing. Except to make the comparison between the shame of being a G.I. Joe fan <laughs> and a heavy metal fan at the same time. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to drop a clip from later in this G.I. Joe episode proving once and for all that we have a right to be talking about heavy metal on today's episode of Days Past Tooncast. And then you're just going to have to wait, guys, because it, it's going to be a bit. We got to lay some runway here. Let's roll that clip. Metal, proof positive, and we're going to get back to that. But for now, let's dig in. We watched season one, episode 51 of G.I. Joe, a real American hero, a real, <laughs> a real American hero. I guess just the sarcastic yeah, reading yeah, of it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entitled Cold Slither. Slither. Cold Slither. We are going to talk about (laughs) the episode, the phenomenon. Mm -hmm. This was originally broadcast on December 2nd, 1985. Yeah, it was. And Travis, when we hear the dates, we both know. We we know what time it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's coming. It's time for... Days past two and cast blast from the days past. Days past two and cast blast from the days past. Days past two and cast blast from the days past. Days past two and cast blast from the days past. That, that fills my heart with joy I knew it. every time I, I hear that. That's why we got to hear it live <laughs> in the studio, because you got to get that Days days Past Tooncast blast from the Days Past Energy going. Travis, what was going on in the world around December 2nd, 1985, or that year? I don't care. Uh, you know what, man? Let's start with some uh, heavy metal album releases, Woo! shall we? Um, ACDC release an album, Fly on the Wall. Um, Anthrax, Armed and Dangerous. Okay, okay. Uh, Corrosion of Conformity. They were uh, they started off as a hardcore punk band. Okay, that had metal tendencies, and then because, <laughs> metal tendencies. Yeah, tendencies always sounds. Uh, uh, I know so on funny. the report card, and then also at the hospital, <laughs> they wrote down "Coc doing well still has metal tendencies." Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I like that one song. I never haven't heard much more, but they're they're well regarded. Yeah, huge huge Coc fan. Not really. I, I like some of their songs. Um, <laughs> I thank you for your honesty. <laughs> I went to I went to hardcore. I thought you were going to start testing me on songs I know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't know many songs. Um, Motley Crue, Theater of Pain. Oh, man. Motley Crue, that's going to come into play in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, well, glam rock in the house. Yeah. And Slayer, man, Slayer was living their best life in 1985, dude. They released Hella Waits and the Live Undead. I love Slayer. Uh-huh. I love classic Slayer. They're uh, three albums starting with Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood, baby. That's the one. I, jam- I had to jam to that on the way here to, to get pumped for this. Slayer is everything that an 80s guidance counselor warned you against. 
every every worried mom in the 90s thought every band was Slayer because <laughs> with titles like God Hates Us All and songs about the Nazi <laughs> concentration camps and all this shit, they're a cartoon, but man, did they sound serious about it. They were it. a good scapegoat for everything going wrong in your child's life. Yeah, and they're laughing about it. <laughs> they're laughing at you, mom. And also uh, David Lee Roth left Van Halen to start his solo venture. Yeah. That was a big loss. That was a big loss. Yeah, I'm still feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This has been your Days Pass Tooncast Blast from the Days Pass. On to the main chorus, Travis. Yes, sir. For starters, this this has to be the best episode of G.I. Joe ever produced, right? I think so. What else could it be? I'd, I'd put it there on that. It is it is stuffed. It is a turducken. It's like five layers of animal. Right, and it was re- released in December, so I think they were shooting for that uh, that Christmas toy. Oh, that's it. That's <laughs> why pushing it. That's why the entire toy line is featured in this episode. <laughs> yes, more happens in this episode than an entire season of an HBO drama. Uh, friends, <laughs> friends. <laughs> They're known for their involved plots. <laughs> Now, when watching G.I. Joe, this is true for us even, and we've watched a few of them now, uh, and we're going to say that this is, should be true for you. Uh-huh. You just got to accept that you're never going to know who all these people are and what their deals are. Don't don't try to. I think some of them even change like who they are when they walk in different rooms. There's too many to keep up with, so you're going to hear some names, but the, really, we're going to be focusing on, more than anybody else, Cobra Commander himself. <laughs> For all of the metalness of this episode, the first half of it is spent laying runway for one of the most unmetal subjects there is, corporate finances. Yeah. Fiscal years. There is, Travis, I recently re-listened to a, one of our last G.I. Joe episodes okay. just to catch up on what we think. Uh-huh. We made numerous jokes about a fiscal year, uh-huh. about how what kind of finances they are, how they're wasting money over at corporate, <laughs> Cobra headquarters. The first line in this episode is a Cobra soldier saying, Careful with those crates, you morons. This hole's got to finance us for the next fiscal year. We've been joking about them having 401ks <laughs> for years now. And in this episode, Cobra goes bankrupt uh-huh. thanks to a desert laser tag shootout with the G.I. Joes. And we're in season one. We're, yeah, we're still in season one in Cobra. I mean, it is 51 episodes, so that's like a whole year. That's pretty stout. That's a lot of episodes. It is, bro. The G.I. Joes have found Cobra's hidey hole out in the desert. This is, it looks like an Indiana Jones cave or tomb. Uh-huh. It is just like a stone doorway into a mound of sand. Right. And that is where the Joes have found the Cobras and they they say, hey, this is it. We're going to shut them down. Yep. It's also a little bit like Uncle Scrooge, his, his vault. Because on the inside of this place, this is apparently where they keep all of their resources, Cobra. Mm-hmm. But the resources are dollar sign bags, like you would have in cartoons. <laughs> They have pearls and coins and amulets and jewels and a sword and a treasure chest. Mona Lisa painting. The Mona Lisa <laughs> is in there. Yeah, she's been everywhere, man. I mean, if, I, if I'm led to believe everything I've seen on Carmen San Diego in this show, <laughs> uh, that, that painting, it just makes the... There's got to be a few copies. There's that one the really bad copy probably out there yeah. that's floating around. The Mona Lisa, all in this spot where the Joes are clearing out Cobra. They all just scatter. Right. And we cut to... Cobra Commander being informed that he is broke. He got no money. He has no money. Apparently, all of Cobra's resources, their finances, their <laughs> assets, 
were in this one cave. They have, I guess, no credits, no no bank accounts in Sweden or anything. It is just I only am paying for weather machines and doomsday devices in gold coins and paintings. Oh man, he he played it wrong. Yeah, that was the wrong way to go, buddy. <laughs> Spread it around. Don't put it all into one cave, Jesus. And the cave has has his logos on it. Yes, too. Well, I mean, that's probably where some of their money is going. Yeah. You know, it's like got to be a million dollars a year just to stamp the Cobra logo on every single thing they have. It's a wasteful organization. Yeah, you could say that. I, I will say it oh, again. You, yeah, you did just say it. It's a wasteful yeah. organization. You're right. These two twins uh, that are bad guys that operate with Cobra, Tamox and Zamot. Zamot. They're basically serving as Cobra's financial advisors uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and just telling him how he's fucked up. Joe Team's highly successful raid has wiped out your assets. Consequently, your creditors are demanding payment on all outstanding debts. I will not tolerate this. I control the largest criminal organization in the world. That was true until today. When all of your men applied for unemployment benefits. They cut to a line of Cobra soldiers in uniform at social services lined up for unemployment. You got to move fast, Will. You got to move fast. Maybe they want to, they're hoping that they're going to get a job with Dr. Claw, Uh like some other big organization like MAD or something like that. But Cobra Commander is, uh, his, we've established on the show before, he's not a bright fellow. Yeah. Um, he's a funny fellow, though. He's a very funny fellow. <laughs> Everything, every choice he makes is funny. It, yeah. it, he overreacts, and it's always with anger <laughs> to anything that you're telling him. Yep. It's just, what? What? <laughs> so he really is, he is a child who doesn't know how to run his own company, yet he has been in charge of it, which I just can't imagine Destro, his your right-hand man, allowing Cobra commander to be in charge of the finances. Yeah, right. Like you hand this is a person that you say, "Oh, you want to be in charge? Here's a quote-unquote checkbook that you can write checks in." Uh-huh. And then that's just like a play school <laughs> coloring booklet and you go take care of the shit. This man should not be in charge of frankly anything and certainly not anything financial. But I'll tell you what though, Destro and uh and Cobra, man, that's just a duo right there. It, it is the the original odd couple. <laughs> that that is the team, bro. The financial advisors are talking about all this nitty gritty of Cobra operations. I mean, I was in heaven. This seems like satire. Yes. This is like the Wolf of Wall Street starring Cobra Cobra Commander. Commander. And that's why we're focusing on him a lot. You're not going to hear about the Joes until a bit later. Yeah. Cobra is just begging for a CFO Uh to come in and take over. Like I kept hoping (laughs) that a no nonsense woman was going to come in and have to sit down with him and talk about like, now here's where you can cut some of your savings. And he's like, "Ah, my weather machines are imperative to my operations. Uh huh. Yeah. She's using fruit to to (laughs) kind of demonstrate. demonstrate. She's like, what if we just didn't put the logo on everything? Uh How do they know it's us then? (laughs) But here's here's here would be the real deal. She teaches him to grow up a little bit, uh-huh. and he teaches her to loosen up oh. a bit. I think he's had a love. Well, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe they both learn how to love. Okay. That's a love story that I would like to see. Me too. So Cobra Commander thought that Cobra was too big to fail, and man, was he wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I just got to say it, buddy. You were wrong. You you led the company into a shithole. Yep. Uh, financially, and so instead of. There's just no, I mean, look, I know there's not going to be a reason to it because it's a cartoon show, but they're going into the fight, like these things that are so, like, this is on mad money. This is what uh-huh. you'd be hearing about on <laughs> CNN or something. Enron, the smartest guys in the room. Like, this is how Cobra fell and how it destroyed a small town that required, you know, everybody had Cobra jobs. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a book. Uh, but his solution 
Cobra Commander is uh, he gets one of his agents <laughs> to lead him to someone who can lend him money. Yep. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> get the details right, Travis, because this is there's the thing. I don't love to get knee deep in the details like this. Yeah. But they're quite important to understanding why this is the greatest G.I. Joe episode ever. Yeah, that's 100 percent correct, sir. Cobra Commander. I don't know if it's Florida or if it's Louisiana. It's somewhere with a swamp Yeah, is where they end up. But Cobra Commander is being led by one of his agents. He is in a trench coat and hat and sunglasses over a his metal mask that he's wearing. Right. He is being led to Stinky's Billiard Emporium. Yeah. A billiard hall bar type place owned by a man named Stinky, who is... A Danny DeVito character, yes. if I've ever seen one. Uh-huh. He is about three feet tall. Uh, he's got a New York style accent. He's it's, just got a high voice. It's beyond New York. It's that's like a yeah. Well, it's a new realm. Here's the thing. This guy's got some kind of brain damage because he has the speech impediment of malapropisms, <laughs> where you substitute a different word when you mean one. Like instead of a comedy of errors, you say a comedy of arrows because you don't understand the thing. You just know to say it. Right. Uh, every other thing this guy says is the wrong word that just starts with the right letter. Glad to see that you are punctuation. That's punctual. One million in soft carensibles. Do you stand under the times? Time is a precious community and I despise people who abstruse it. So how can I be of abstinence to use? It almost makes me think that someone intentionally taught him the wrong words growing up. Yeah, like it's right. so common. Because I my first girlfriend, this is serious. Yeah, yeah, shoot. My first girlfriend, some member of her family, and this this is not cool, by the way. It's funny in retrospect, she's okay, but taught her as a child that cows were called horses and horses were called cows. That's wrong. It's quite wrong. Well, when when my daughter was uh was three, I told her when she turned to a teenager, she was gonna turn into a boy. What? But I I, I told her I told her I was lying. Like probably I waited like a day or two, but a you whole know. day of being worried about <laughs> turning un- into a boy. Unwanted gender change. Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just light, lighthearted Travis, tomfoolery. You, know, you you sent you brought your kids to the circus. You, <laughs> I just don't know what to think about you as a parent. Listen, let, let's let's go back to Cobra. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go, go back, back to Cobra. Cobra. Okay, we gotta get to the metal. So, Cobra Commander is going to this tiny man who owns a bar somewhere in a swampy area to borrow one million dollars. <laughs> From this guy who is a nobody. Uh-huh. Cobra deals on a global scale. Yeah. This guy is a big fish in his bar. Right, That's right, it. right, right. Yeah. Like sm- small bowl that yeah. he is in. Yeah, Cobra's stepping down, man. Big time. Yeah. I don't know why this is the guy. Like, why? There's got to be arms dealers, people that he's done. Maybe he's burned all his bridges. And that's, yeah, you he know, did. he, of course <laughs> Come he on, did. Bro. Every, he just insults people for no reason. Uh-huh. So <laughs> he's a jerk. He is funny. <laughs> Borrows a million dollars in a suitcase from this guy. Uh, The only problem is that this guy says part of the deal is I want to see underneath your mask. I want to touch your face. I mean, look, we're all interested, (laughs) but that's not cool, man. This is you don't know what his deal is. He may be differently abled. You can't just go like reach up for his mask. He gets zapped. He does get shocked. Yeah. So that's going to start a fight. Luckily, Cobra Commander, he grabs a suitcase and runs out of there. This feels so fun. He jumps into a fan boat, uh-huh. and Destro and the Baroness are waiting for him there. 
and they're all getting away on a fan boat in the swamp. It's like they're teenagers again. Like, I assume that when Cobra started as an organization, this is what it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like them. Oh, it was lighthearted, yeah. Driving yeah. around, pulling capers, just robbing people. Jet and then, skis and yeah, shit. Yeah, totally. That They were just, ha- they were young toughs having a good time. <laughs> And they're always, all of them are down to clown at all times. Full roast mode. Good usage. Destro is all, yeah, because we're taking it back. Yeah. Hashtag take it back. Hashtag down to clown. Hashtag not sexual. (laughs) Destro, Cobra, Baroness constantly taking pot shots at each other. I like to think that at some point when they were like maybe in high school, that Destro and Cobra Commander both liked Baroness. And then it turned out Baroness kind of is with Destro and maybe Cobra Commander. He thinks that doesn't affect him, but he does. But it just has this feeling. And, and there's just some weird tension there. Yeah. Still. yeah, yeah That's yeah, why he's yeah. always insulting Destro and will never he, he never let him rise in the ranks or have more power <laughs> than he already has. And it's like, you know, this is what it used to be like, Cobra, before you got this huge thing that you have now driven into the ground. Like, you lost your way. I don't know what your your vision for the world was aside from conquering it, uh-huh. but I think you've lost it. This isn't the Cobra that I signed up for. Yeah, from global to local. So it's a fan boat escape, which I never... Why didn't I think I would see that on G.I. Joe? You, you will see everything on G.I. <laughs> Joe at some point. <laughs> for sure. Escape through the swamp to one... I don't know what to call these things, but a shack on stilts in the swamp. You know, like a wooden structure that is just on... Stilts. I don't yeah. know what to say. <laughs> That's what it is. It has a little dock, but it's like somehow they built it in a, in a shallow swamp. Yeah. Okay. And it's a freestanding yeah. Yeah, thing. Yeah. A pier. A yeah. pier situation. Yeah. Which I love how like low class and low rent all this shit is. Right. Cobra is there to hire one of his, I guess, former lackeys who is now on unemployment. A man named Zartan, who is a big player in the Cobra organization before it fell apart. Yep. <laughs> a master of disguise who ultimately in this episode the only disguise he wears is what is like a Raggedy Ann yarn wig. <laughs> like that's all he does to to dress up and make himself look different later on in the episode. <laughs> this is his shack. Yeah. Cobra and them get there. They step inside with the million dollar suitcase. Cobra. Okay. <laughs> Nine minutes into the G.I. Joe cartoon. We finally get what we're here for. To the metal, we baby. get the metal, baby. Yep. Okay, we they unfurl their plan nine minutes into this, and at no point has anything that's happened warned you. If you're not, if you didn't know what you were in for, yeah. nothing is pointed towards this plan. It all happened off screen. Well, I watched this cartoon three times in preparation for this podcast, yes. and every time I was like, "Am I?" Yeah. It, it, it just cut shot, <laughs> cut shot to the wig. It happens fast. It's so weird, but they do give us an explanation. It's oh, it's so great because this this is why we selected this episode. Yeah. So in watching it, I thought, well, there's going to be a metal band at any moment here because that's <laughs> what we we came here for. This is why we can talk about metal as much as we want, Mom. Yeah. Dude, because there's a heavy metal band in this episode. The plan is... Destro has designed the program that creates rock and roll music and inserts subliminal messages which will lull people into a trance and make them totally subject to our will. They're going to use heavy metal music to (laughs) capture the minds of listeners and conquer the world through subliminal messaging. Mom, and you can't stop me. Mom, I will be brainwashed if I want to. (laughs) For starters, this feels true to life because he's paying a million dollars, Cobra Commander is, to Zartan to become a member, like the head, of, and then he has some lackeys of his own, that they're going to be this band. That's not as much money as he's going to make from this venture. 
right. nearly as much. So he, it's like a fat cat corporate guy who's like, shit, my record company is going in the toilet. I got to put together a boy band real quick uh-huh. to make some moolah, and I'm going to pay them peanuts over here. Right. I got to turn Lou Perlman real fast. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm going to create a flash in the pan that will give me, create revenue for me. I just love that he feels the need to hire someone else. I mean, why can't he do it? Because, again, Zartan is not doing anything other than lip syncing and wearing a a Raggedy Ann wig, (laughs) ultimately. (laughs) But the plan is to make a music video, to make an album, and to make them popular and get the message out and get those subliminal messages out. The subliminal message, I guess, being do what we say and love the band Uh and uh, bow to Cobra. Destro mentions that they had to actually record the song in the studio, I am furious that they denied us the opportunity to see that happening. Uh Like Destro calling (laughs) a local studio, booking time with them, showing up with music, telling musicians, like having them do takes Uh and go over and over this stuff to get it right. I mean, I... I wish that we could see the nitty gritty on that. Oh, for sure, dude. I, I guess some of the money went towards that, but do they have, who did they call? Uh-huh. Did they get an agent? Do they have contacts? <laughs> do they have old buddies who are in the business? It's such a funny like jump to now it's time to make a music video. Did you know Cobra has, he's got contacts, bro. I guess. Contacts I just, on top of contacts. I just feel like, I truly believe like he has a, a black book uh-huh. with all the people he has contacts and he has like red fire over all of them because he's burned every bridge. <laughs> I just can't believe anyone would remain willingly in contact with this oh, man. Can't call him. <laughs> yes. Can't call him. Now this was a very sloppy <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Please fit it. No, please tell me what, what sloppy. Sloppy attempt. It is a sloppy attempt. Yeah. I mean, they get pretty far into the plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> this was a very real worry in the 1980s for parents everywhere. Yeah. Uh, there was a thing going wrong. Well, there was a satanic panic, which was an issue that actually went further than America. But basically, parents were very concerned that the devil was quite real and was working directly through heavy metal and hard rock musicians to do what Cobra does here, Uh capture the minds and hearts of impressionable youth. Any band that had a black color on their album cover or had the word metal or black in their title or had a snake on their album cover, anything like that, your mom was going to think you might be in league with the devil. I mean, Led Zeppelin was getting shit for this. Like that, (laughs) they thought specifically, like Ozzy Osbourne had the same thing with uh, Suicide Solution, where they thought there are backwards messages in this thing. That's how parents and and who (laughs) worried old people thought that musicians could hack our brains with just backwards audio. Uh That's the secret to the most complex thing in the world, the brain. All you got to do to take control of it is to tell me to do it backwards. Uh (laughs) It's not the skeleton key to the brain as far as I'm concerned, but I would like to test it out real quick. Yeah. Travis, I'm going to give uh, our listeners a message. You give them a message and uh, we'll just see how, how it works out. Yeah, okay. Hard cut to the Cobra crew. They're about to do the video. They're like backstage, about to do the music video. Zartan and his guys are getting made up as a rock band, which they all look not that far from it in the first place. (laughs) It's not a long walk. I think the band and the title of the song are Cold Slither. 
Yes. Okay. That's classic. <laughs> Here's the thing. Black Sabbath, their first album called Black Sabbath, the title of the first song, Black Sabbath. So I, I always approve of that. Uh, classic. Branding, baby. Yeah, gotta baby. Gotta do it. Uh, we got to tackle two things. Yes. The actual song itself and what what happens in the making of the music video. Yes, sir. Let's talk about the song. Let's okay. talk about the song. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Cult Slither is not metal per se. It's metal enough. It, it, it'll fit in. We'll, yeah. we'll shoo it in. <laughs> it'll go in the genre. Yeah. It's, it's closer to and still not as heavy as the glam metal that was starting to take hold in this year. Uh, like poison, poison sucks. I listened to it just to get you know up on this shit. It's terrible. It's awful. Like Motley Crue, yeah, that's a good band. That's uh -huh. actually a good band. Yeah, it's not as cool as that. It's a little closer to poison. It's somewhere between butt rock and glam metal. <laughs> butt rock. Butt rock. Well, because it's not cock rock. Because it's not. It's not sexy. Butt rock. Yeah, it's not like slithery Robert Plant, you know, wailing on stage. It's yeah, just yeah, something yeah. just like, it's not even from the crotch. It's from the butt. <laughs> Alright, I'm pulling up the lyrics to Cold Slither because I do find it important. Uh, Joepedia will tell us the lyrics <laughs> to this one. Won't you, Joe? Oh, oh, I got it here too. You got it? Yep. Alright, so, again, I, I uh, sarcastically love <laughs> Any rock song <laughs> that is about the band themselves and about rocking and rolling. Yes. Uh, I, I love that a new songwriter's first instinct is, well, I have to introduce myself. Uh -huh. and I have to tell you what I'm about. You know? It's a story. I'm, I'm telling you a story. Yeah, I'm Iron Maiden and I'm here to say I like to scream every single day. You know, <laughs> this, is, this is common shit. Uh -huh. So we're Cold Slither. You'll be joining us soon. A band of vipers. Playing our tune with an iron fist and a reptile hiss, we shall rule. With an iron fist and a reptile hiss, we shall rule. Now that part is great. <laughs> that could easily I could plug into another real metal song. Yeah, that's awesome. That's well used. Yeah, I like that. Great. Yes. Getting on into it, I'm seeing things about Eyes of a Lizard King. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Venom Strings, A New Order Brings Our Control. This is not subliminal. Uh, this no. is it, it's just coming right them out. saying we are Cobra and you're going to obey us. Uh. I don't know what <laughs> what kind of backward shit uh, Destro fit in there to make it. But man, what a, uh, forgive me, a limp dick sounding rock song this is. I, I am... Uh, I think it's awful. <laughs> Iron Fist, Reptile Hiss, though. That's, that's, that's primo. That's gold, baby. Yeah, hire that, man. So they have to record the video for this dumb song, which is just like Fog and the band playing on a stage. Yeah. You know, one, one of those. That's always a bummer <laughs> to me as a kid, I guess, when MTV was still a thing. And that's all they did with it. It's just uh -huh. people like miming on a stage with no audience. That's the worst. Bummer. That's what they're doing. They have a director who is... Halfway to having like jodhpurs and a whip, you know, uh, like he he is he takes it quite seriously, and he doesn't like that they are getting violent in the video. That's uh, not what he wants. He wants them to show passion. <laughs> He's directing them a lot for just a music video. No, 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 cut, cut, cut! It's all wrong. This is art, not exploitation. All right, let's do it again from the top and feel your motivation. As far as I'm concerned, they're doing fine. They're just playing their instruments and looking into the camera. Like, that's, they're, they're posing. That's uh -huh. all you need. Well, <laughs> this director doesn't like that. And then when they start getting violent, he doesn't like that either. At this point, Cobra Commander turns into Suge Knight. 
and literally kicks the director out of his chair and says, this is what I want, violence. And the band proceeds to produce a tiny buzzsaw that the drummer cuts his kit in half with. Uh Someone else gets a flamethrower out of nowhere and like everything is just destroyed in a violent heap. This would be an awesome video. But I just love like Cobra Commander is someone's coming to him about union rules. Like, hey, if we're going to go overtime, you know, we got to start paying them this much. And he's just like, I won't hear it. No. And then kicks everybody and he's just going to have his way, man. (laughs) I will drive over you in the parking lot. Yeah, Suge Knight and Cobra Commander would be, they'd be homies. Oh, man. I feel like like it would be more like firing gasoline, bro. Because neither one's going to back down. You know neither one's going to back down. And like Cobra Commander, he's probably got some like weapons hidden on him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like some little knives and stuff like that. But Suge's just got the power, the raw power. Yes. So I don't know. I mean, I see Cobra Commander telling someone else to dangle vanilla ice off of a balcony, Uh. not doing it himself because he doesn't have the, the physical prowess for it. the Joes in all of this. Uh-huh. I'll tell you where. They are so deep in the dad zone. <laughs> According to them, they have had nothing to do since Cobra disbanded, which is a gross waste of taxpayer money. I, I'm offended by this. Like, have them build houses. Do something, Because yeah. Cobra's disbanded, and they're just hanging around their compound all bored. They don't know what to do with themselves because their whole <laughs> life is their shtick. Yeah. Like, I'm a guy who just has a flamethrower. What else can I do with my life? I can't be a normal soldier. I shoot lasers, bro. I I just know lasers at this point. (laughs) If it's lasers, I can help. (laughs) Their skills don't translate to a normal soldier's life, let alone any kind of real life gigs. Like electrician. So (laughs) they are just deep in the dad zone. Uh Barbecues, playing golf, watching the football game. And boredom. It is like a Sunday afternoon all (laughs) the time for them. While they're watching TV... At one point, Cobra Commander appears on the television, interrupts their game. They're upset. That's that's dad stuff. (laughs) Just to warn everybody, hey, I'm not down and out yet, which he very much was at the time. Like His his organization is kaput. He's bluffing. Yeah. But I thought for a second that he was coming on for like a PBS call-in telethon Uh type thing. (laughs) Like, if you call in now, you can get the Cobra bag. Like, I just thought he was going to make a play like, (laughs) you need me. And that's the thing. The G.I. Joes really need him. And Cobra to exist Uh because that is all. I don't know if they were created to fight Cobra or if they were created and then Cobra came around and it's like that became their full time job (laughs) because Cobra is a full time job dealing with Cobra. Your Cobra impression is on point. uh, (laughs) BT dubs. I'm going to lose my voice at the Uh end of the day and be sick for a week, but it's worth it. (laughs) You got to be willing to be loud (laughs) and proud Uh and hit a certain octave. But Cold Slither's video comes on the screen while G.I. Joe is lazing and... Three of their members are immediately hypnotized to the point, one, they do a zombie walk. Yep. And two, they shoot their way out of the compound. Like, they, they're not going to let them leave, I guess, because they they technically, they're soldiers. Yep. So they shouldn't be going AWOL. Uh-huh. Uh, but they shoot their way out so they can go to the Cold Slither concert. <laughs> the, the Joes have a meeting about it, and our favorite man, Duke... The man, man of the hour. The man, he, I know physically not the same, but he would have to be like a Clint Eastwood or something in real life back in the day. Oh, for that sure. That would have been a great, a great call. Because he has the same energy of like, I don't understand the world. The world isn't as it should be. Sounds like Cobra stuff to me. <laughs> no, Duke. Cold Slither is a rock band. Oh, I, I guess I haven't been keeping up on things. Like the last band he knew of was the Monkees or something. <laughs> 
I just want to tell him, Duke, you don't got to keep up with the times at all. It would just make you mad and confuse you. Uh, like, you don't need to know about MTV or any of that shit. You just stick to classic rock and country rock, buddy. You're going right. to be fine. And this is all happening because in three days, we're told, because we cut over to Cobra. Yep. Cobra Commander. In three days, they have produced, released, and distributed the album. Uh-huh. And they are now, the video's on rotation, and they're in the top 20. If only, he, this is what he should be doing. This is what the Cobra should be doing. Right. Is making records. Uh-huh. I Record mean, man, exact, yep. that's, that's a fucking turnaround. <laughs> but I, I don't know why the subliminal messages are not enough in the music already to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Right. It's enough to get everybody in the area that's listening, which is mostly kids, a few G.I. Joes, uh, to, and I don't know anyone else at random who saw or heard them, to show up at this arena where Cold Slither is going to play a gig. They're going there so that Cobra can just basically shut off the music and no longer give subliminal messages, give very explicit messages to obey them. Yeah, detailed. Well, yeah, because they, they get everyone there. The band stops playing and Baroness just starts calling out on a microphone to the audience <laughs> things about you will bow. Well, here's the thing. She doesn't say you'll bow to Cobra. Uh-huh. She says, Now say all hail Destro and the Baroness. One, you know that's the thing that will piss Cobra Commander off the most. You're going to blow his fuse. He is going to lose it. Yep. But also, I feel like Destro <laughs> and her, I don't think that they're like a, an established full-time item. Right. So I think Destro's kind of looking at her like, why are you saying... You and me, like we're a package deal. We've been yeah. on a few dates. I've never said I love you. No, like I'm. This isn't a cup. This isn't a coupling that you just say. We're not a benefer. Yeah, like all hail benefer. That would work. <laughs> With everybody at the concert under their sway, Cobra Commander makes like a third appearance on television in this episode. Like he just has a direct line that I'm sure they just said. You know what? Stop interrupting programming. Tell us when you want on. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll schedule a time. He goes on TV and says, "Guess what, everybody? I'm back, baby." He demands for he basically ransoms teenagers to all every parent in the world. Again, this is they're they're brainwashing the parents back into thinking, yes, this is how the world works. Rock and roll music is out for you and your children. Uh-huh. He demands 100 billion dollars. Now that's where it's at. And now he's doing it he's doing it better. I'm going to say he may have overshot a little bit. <laughs> that's a crazy amount of money. He's stepping it up, baby. That's more caves. It, right. That, that would be smart. I hope yeah. he uses that next time. <laughs> well, the Joes know the way to any musician's heart, even a fake musician that's actually a Cobra agent. It's through them groupies, baby. Groupies. <laughs> now, the plan was already starting to unravel because the players on stage, Zartan and his guys, they said they're only getting paid $5 an hour. Uh-huh. And this can't be that long of an engagement, even if it is. That's that's way, bo- like, pay your people. Pay the talent. Right. Pay them. They will stick around <laughs> because they just stop playing on stage. They leave, and when they go off stage, that's when they encounter three lovely young ladies. Groupies? No. It's the G.I. Joes. And they got knockout perfume eh. for your asses. I just imagine the government issues two, like, standard issue G.I. Joe packets uh-huh. and it, there's one for guys and one for gals they don't recognize any other genders and for the gals it's like here's your lethal lipstick Ooh. and your perfume knockout gas <laughs> it's just the kit yeah. oh, hey, uh, real quick in 1985 the uh minimum wage was three dollars and 35 cents well i'm glad that they're over minimum wage but still that's a long day that's a lot you know that's that's a lot of work they're up on stage that's uh-huh. a lot of pressure no, i'm with you, I'm with Although you. i don't think they're really playing their instruments so it is kind of just a 
a lip sync gig. Anyway, we can, we should look up how much uh, we'll look up how much lip syncing gigs were. Nineteen eighty five. We'll get back yeah, to we'll you guys. Later. Yeah, we'll do it later. The reason that the GI Joes, these uh, ladies that are posing as groupies, and then the fellas that ultimately come in and help save the day as well, they're not affected because they're wearing their earplugs, like any responsible person over thirty does at a loud concert. Uh, not. I I don't. <laughs> I do sometimes and I don't. I have look, I've been standing in front of drum sets and amplifiers most of my life now and I only started wearing earplugs well after I had tinnitus. So uh-huh. guys, d- try start wearing your earplugs if you don't already. Yeah. <laughs> D- days past message. It's a days past. Yeah, yeah. stay, days stay past. woke and and wear And now you wear, know. Wear earplugs. And now you know. They take over the whole thing. It's this thing's kaput, but they do chant Cobra Commander is a clown the G.I. Joes do through the mic to have everyone in the audience repeat it. They know this is the way to make Cobra Commander go absolutely insane with rage. You know, like that's the worst thing you can say about him is that he's a clown. <laughs> he just hit himself. Yeah, like you don't take me seriously. I'm not a real threat to you. It's like, no, man, you don't dress yourself in the morning. Someone feeds you breakfast. Now, I guess somehow Cobra's people all most of them escape. And I'm guessing they take money with them because the show doesn't end after this. Uh-huh. Like Cobra's back <laughs> next week with more funny business. So I guess they made off with some amount of money that was earned from this whole yeah, shebang. Right. The G.I. Joes release everybody from the mind control. Uh-huh. And somebody lets them know, hey, these people paid for a show. <laughs> We're going to give them one. It's such a sitcom. I love it. It's uh-huh. such a sitcom ending. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the average Joe band. A band made entirely of this squadron of G.I. Joes yep. on like five guitars. Uh, too many guitars, <laughs> Too many bro. guitars. Two rhythms, three leads, baby. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Leonard Skinner up uh-huh. there. Uh, even with the three backup singers, which have to be ladies, uh-huh. and a keyboard player and everything. It, it actually, this is totally Leonard Skinner, yeah. but they don't sound like Leonard Skinner. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra, the enemy, fighting to save the day. This is a dad bar band. Yeah, it is. Like, seriously. This, no, it, I mean, they're faster than I would have anticipated, but uh-huh. they play their own theme song like that. And it's like when, da- I don't know if you had something like this. In junior high, we uh-huh. had a talent show. And there were all the girls that danced, and they did a thing in the talent show. And then all their dads also did a dance where they put on sunglasses yeah. and danced up the aisle and did a thing on stage. And this is like... This is like that. This is that 100%. <laughs> this is a thing where your dad is at a point in his life where he says like, I know this is going to be corny. I'm doing it anyway. I don't care. Yeah. I, guys, I don't give a shit. It'll be funny that you're embarrassed even. <laughs> or maybe it is cool. I don't know. I don't know what cool is anymore and I don't even care. Oh, I love it. And it's it's terrible. <laughs> it's uh-huh. just awful. Um, and it just lets you know American mediocrity is alive and well. <laughs> here on G.I. Joe. (laughs) On today's episode. On today's episode is the segment of Days Past Tooncast, where we take a look at the cartoon episode that we've watched, and we say, I think there's a moral in here. Somewhere, somewhere in that. We're going to take an ice pick to it, and we're just going to dig out that moral. We're going to find a moral. Whether there's one there or not, we're going to find it. G.I. Joe is the type of show to typically hand you a moral at the end of the episode. Uh, We didn't see one this time. Uh. So we don't get to hang our hat. (laughs) They didn't do the legwork for us. Uh So now 
Travis, we got to do the legwork. What is the moral that you took away from this episode of G.I. Mm, Joe? Mm. Well said, Will. Well said. So um, on, on this episode, um, I, I realized that you got to be your own person, Will. You can't let a song just come in and, and tell you how to rock, how to roll, or how to live. You just got to sit back and, and really be your own person. You know, you don't get brainwashed by society. Don't let it be like a Woodstock 99 uh, Limp Biscuit thing where you're brainwashed by Fred Durst into writing. Correct. Yes, because that's wrong. Famous hypnotist, Fred Durst. Fred Durst. <laughs> <laughs> Will? Will. Yeah. yeah um, what oyster did you get out of this? Just the oyster. No pearls. <laughs> no pearl. No pearl. Just the oyster, please. Oysters only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a few. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Shoot, please. Because there's a can't tell. There's a lot going on in this yeah, episode. Yeah, I got my pen and my pad, so yeah, I'm ready when you are. Okay. Firstly, and this is one that I didn't learn uh, right away in my adult life until uh -huh. there was a Wells Fargo app on my phone. Okay. Keep an eye on your finances. Oof. Cobra should know where everything is. Check on the account balance just every once in a while. Let's just peek at it. Bop in there. Yeah. yeah. Take a peek. <laughs> and since you probably have money in there, go ahead and pay your talent a living wage. They're doing work mm. and you want to keep them happy because even though you may see them as expendable, yeah. if they walk off stage in the middle of the show, you're the one that's going to be eating ticket sales because people will demand a refund. I was at a punk show in Portland. Somebody threw a bottle at the guy's head. It is head. This is an older punk band. Yeah, yeah. They walked off stage, rightfully so, because there was enough of that shit. There was a lot of shit getting thrown and somebody got hit in the head with the bottle. It was over. Mm. And if you pay them enough, they will take the bottle on the head. Mm, mm, so pay mm. them more. Yeah. Pay them bottle money. Soldiers, thank you for suiting up with us. And thank you, metal fans, for hanging with us. And hey, thank you, metal haters, mm -hmm. for sticking with us through some real heavy talk. Head on over to wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a review, write it out, and put some stars on us. Five of them, please. <laughs> it helps out the show. It gets us in front of eyes. Hey, listen, also check out our Twitter and Instagram at DPTuneCast. And hey... We also got a new website. Yeah. dptooncast.com, where you'll find everything days past. That's right. Everything days past Tooncast at dptooncast.com. Get over there. Send the link to your friends in an email or on Twitter or on Instagram or on Tumblr. <laughs> Just get the word out there. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Do the rating and the reviewing. Yes. Talk us up. We got more episodes coming in the future. Come back for that. And in the meantime... We hope you had an excellent Independence Day and tutor my duder. Hey, Will, can I borrow some money? Tutor my duder. It's hard to podcast when you can't hear yourself. You've podcasted me for the last time, you fuck. <laughs> you think you can podcast me and get away with it? You can't podcast my wife. Dude, don't ever touch do another not, podcaster's wife. Do not podcast any man's wife, <laughs> not even your own. No one, no wife deserves to be podcasted.